to play in the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Turn handle in left side. Finds a little bit of a hole, keeps his leg moving. He's across the 40, midfield, 45, he's on the run winch. 40, pushes the man, 35, look at him go. He's down to 20, 15, he could go. He is going to go. Touchdown, Seahawks. Oh, my word. A 67-yard run. Marshawn Lynch, unbelievable. The beast is alive and well. Wide receivers to either side. Russell takes the snap. He drops back. He's going to throw down the middle. He's got a man. Come on. It has been decided, maybe since the safety in the first quarter. 12, they're bringing the trophy home. Your Seahawks, Super Bowl 48 champion. Welcome back to the We Talk Seahawks Rookie Watch podcast. I'm here tonight with James, and we're going to go over a little bit um, our performance with our rookies against the Cleveland Browns this week, which by all accounts was a proper test uh, with a, a real high-ranked defence um, and some supercharged rookie offensive weapons and um, some uh, defensive rookies that have really got the bit between their teeth and are not looking particularly like rookies anymore. So, James, how you doing, pal? You all good? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, enjoyed the win eventually when we were allowed to with the last 30 seconds up until that point. And and first quarter aside, I didn't and didn't enjoy the uh, the game. But um, some some very interesting performances from our rookies. Um, yeah, an interesting week. Um, and like I say, another big test, Ravens this week. Um, so lots to lots to get into. Yeah, for sure. I I definitely feel like our 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 second year guys. And our rookie um, recruits this year are growing up very quick. Mm. I feel like that little dip we had into the playoffs last year um, was really good for our our first year guys. Last year they got a little taste of of the playoffs and disappointment at the same time. They had some real highs and lows, and I think um, this year we've kind of hit the ground running in some respects, um, especially with some of their performances. I think a lot of it's due to um, sort of getting a real feel for not just the, the regular season, but a little bit of playoff, just to give them a little taste of, of what they're shooting for. I think that's really been uh, a little key ingredient this year with the kick-on we've seen with some of them. Mm. Um, so we're going to start off this podcast uh, this evening, just um, both of us picking out a couple of a couple of things from um, from our rookies. And I'm going to start this evening, rather than I usually throw it straight to you, but I'm just going to, just going to throw out a little stat, as I often will, um, no team had ever had two rookies score a touchdown uh, in a game before until we did it against the Cardinals a couple of weeks back. Um, we enjoyed that stat so much that we thought we'd repeat it against the Browns. So the Seahawks were the first and the second team to ever do it. And um, looking at how consistent uh, Jake Bobo is in, in some of those situations and just how accomplished he is with his toe-tapping swag, um, I 
don't think we're going to see a stop to um, you know those those touchdown moments for him. And with Njigba starting to really get the motor going uh, and really sort of flourish and show us some of his skill set with, with not just the catches but also some of the the intricacies and things that he's now starting to put on. You know, those real the real finer detail he's starting to apply to things. He it it seems to me a little bit like the rust is knocked off and and he's kind of. Um, bedding in a little bit and a bit, the confidence is there and um, I think that those two for me were, were a big part of the highlight for our rookies in that game you got any thoughts on on, on those two? Um, oh, well Bobo just continues to to impress whenever he gets whenever his number's called um, loved seeing him going for that touchdown and, and, and like we sort of mentioned on the on the main pod it was People might look at it and go, oh, it was only a three-yard little thing on the goal line. But actually, very savvy, very confident player yeah. to stop in his tracks and cut back and not just carry on with probably what his assignment was to do, which was to try and bounce to the outside. No, he cuts back inside, trusts himself, trusts what he sees, just a confident player. And like you say, he's, he's not your typical rookie in terms of coming out the draft as a 25-year-old, I think, is he? Um so he's a he's an experienced young man. He's about as experienced as a young man as you can possibly get. You know, this isn't a 19, 20 year old, you know, like a Jackson Smith and Jigba. Forgive me, I don't know how old he is, but he's in that kind of range. Um, just a wily old head that that is that is still coming into his his, his prime years as a rookie, um, and he's hitting the ground running straight away. Um, Fantastic, and like you say about JSN, just feels like he's a lot of weight's been lifted off his shoulders, the franchise's shoulders. Pete and John's, or Shane Waldron's, everyone feels like they've just kind of, all oh, right, okay, we can breathe a bit now. We've got him involved. We can stop yeah. asking about when. When are we going to see JSN? Right, we're showing him now. We've got him involved. We've figured him out, and now hopefully it's just going to be an upward trajectory from here. And this is the the start of you know these last two weeks have really been the the start of JSN's Seahawks career. Um, and if it has been. Um, I'm I'm so excited for 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 what's to come because you can just tell he's so talented. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it, it it's not been it didn't take long in training camp for for people to really you know really take serious notice of how polished he was as a rookie. People were looking at him thinking that's not that is not a rookie wide receiver in in training camp. It looked like one of the one of the wily vets like Lockett or or Metcalf had just rocked up to to show off in camp, you know, it was it was he was streets ahead and it was not even not even fair on some people that were asked to guard him, you know. So to see him sort of uh, transition a bit into doing those things at the NFL level has been really good to see. And I was going to say, you took the words out of my mouth. You said about sort of taking that that collective breath because, okay, this is what we thought we were drafting, and it's now on. Pay. You know, it's it's not just uh, in our heads or in college tape anymore. It's literally in NFL tape. He's done it for us, you know. And I think I think that allows you to then go, okay, right, what has worked, what has not worked, where are these situations where it's really looked good, where are the situations where it hasn't, you know, you can really sort of just start pulling it apart a little bit and and start putting him in better positions to succeed. And I think that's just exactly what he needs, really. Play, be allowed to play to his strengths and be given plenty of ball to do it. And rather than lots of targets in the wrong situations that were forced and had people questioning whether these things were his fault, the interceptions and things. But in reality, they, he just wasn't put in his in his usual spots. I, I do think his, his uh, repertoire is going to expand dramatically as we go because he's such a versatile player. I think 
you'll see you'll start seeing him in so many different weird weird and wonderful spots and lots of great highlight reel stuff i think we're going to see loads of that with him which is really cool but um just let him get his feet wet doing the things he does is 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 how i feel and i feel like those things are happening now so really happy for him and Mm. i'm also taking a collective breath because i was someone who was who was really celebrating that that draft pick and and um yeah i feel like we're starting to get get what we sort of signed up for yeah so who who would be your pick offense or defense you picked who's Um, your who's your big one from from that game I'm going offense. I'm going for for my guy that I've that I've been championing since we drafted him, Zach Charbonnet. Um, only five carries, but 53 yards, a 10.6 average carry, ridiculous first down per carry. Um, and I thought he really started to show what he's got in his wheelhouse in terms of I can't remember what down it was or what point in the game, but that run that he had at, at midfield where he cut back and cut back again and then bounced to the right, showing grip. Great vision, great, great sort of yep. lane awareness, open field awareness. Um, that again, that I was, you know, being saying on the pod that you know, just just watch him. He's, he's a bit shifty than than you than you think he is, and he's starting to show that. Excellent on pass protection there as well. Um, so you've got not just a, a fantastic little running back there. You've got a, a guy that you know when we lost a, one of our better pass protecting running backs in recent years, and Travis Homer in free agency. I think that's a really key kind of component that he's got to his game because and. I, they don't really ask Ken to do it, so I'm not sure whether Ken can sort of pass block. He probably can. He can probably, you know, put his put his all into it. But whether he's as that effective, maybe not. Maybe just more of a chip blocker kind of guy. And then you get him out on on a little wheel route or whatever. Um, whereas Zach looks like he can really just he can just plant his feet and and properly pass protect, um, which is a big key like big, big key factor when you've lost someone like Travis Homer. Um, so, it was enormous on that play as well. It was and it was a big moment and it was a great yep. touchdown. Yep. So big shout out to him. I think he's finally starting to come good now. A couple of back to back good weeks. Um he's really starting to get a feel for for this offense and, and working his way in. Um and do you know what? He, he didn't he didn't play any well, I, forgive me, I don't know whether he got one or two, but I can't remember him making any actual plays on on defense. But I will give a shout out to Jerick Reed. We've 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 kind of sort of just dropped his name in every now and then on Rookie Watch, just saying, you know, keep an eye on Derek Reedy. So he's actually quietly doing really well. And and I, I can't remember if it was myself or whoever it was on Rookie Watch that kind of said, uh, you know, he looks like the special teams captain of the future going forward. Um, and interestingly enough, just before we came on, I saw a, a tweet from Brian Nemhauser, a Hawk blogger, saying that uh, that one Seahawk rookie that doesn't get much attention is Jerk Reed, and he actually leads the NFL in special team tackles per game so far this season. So, yeah, it's like what we said. If we if, if you can find your special teams captain, a really valuable player, where we got him, it, it, it's a really really useful pick and a really really good return on on on, the, on a late day day three pick. Um, and like you say, he, keep, he keeps making plays like that. It will only be a matter of time before he gets more meaningful snaps on the defense. So just just keep quietly plugging away, Jerick Reed, and, and and I think you'll get your chance sooner rather than later. Yeah, and we, we, we're seeing a lot of a lot of uh, digs, J Love and Adams. So we're only ever one injury away from him getting some snaps. In the you know, so there must there must be a real palpable sort of um, feeling with him that I'm not very far away, and I, you know yeah. I'm doing good stuff, and I just need to wait, wait my time. We actually signed Jonathan Sutherland again to the yeah. practice squad this week, um, who was um, he was injured reserve, wasn't he? I think, and 
in preseason and we paid off like an injury settlement and um and waived him and then we've got him back so that that's another very talented um uh safety that that we could we could end up utilizing at some point during the season touch wood we don't have to because because I'd like to see Jamal Adams injury free. I'd like to see Quandre Diggs, you know, there all season. And I've been enjoying some of the stuff Jay Love's done as well. But um, that's quite nice to have behind because Jay uh, Sutherland was a guy that Pete really, really got into in um, in uh, preseason and, and rookie camps. And he said that he'd seen a lot in him that he thought was seriously coachable. So he might be someone that that. Um, that gets the odd elevation and things as well. So definitely one to to um, to sort of keep an eye on there as well with someone. But yeah, yeah. Reed Reed has been doing a stellar job on everything we've asked him to do, and he's certainly put himself in a prime position to um, to make an impact if elevated. And let's not forget Ryan Neal um, spent a lot of time on practice squads, and when his his opportunity finally came up, he took it with absolutely both hands. So could see a similar thing we have with with history repeating itself. So we will move on to um, section two of of Rookie Watch this week. And we're going to be looking forward a little bit to the draft next year. Uh, I think with the trade window now shutting and our our acquisition of a defensive lineman, which for a lot of people was their, their biggest need in next year's draft, I'm interested to see James... Um, where you would look to use our first round pick, and not just not just with the Leonard uh, the Leonard Williams um, trade affecting um, what we do in the first round, it'll obviously dr- dramatically affect what we do in the second round. As I mean, you can answer that question whether you think we'll trade back or not, but and and maybe pick up a second, but we don't have a second anymore. Not certainly not our own second. So we'll start it off. If if you want to just name inter in, with with. The first position you name being our highest priority in the draft, and the fifth one you name being um, the least important of the top five positional needs. What do you think? Okay, um, I think biggest need so far, number one for me, has to be offensive guard. Um, I, I look at our interior of, of, of the offensive line, and I'm just not sold on it. Um, and then you look at the contract situations of the guys that are on the offensive guard positions in the interior. Uh, Phil Haynes only signed a one-year extension, so he's a free agent next year. Damian Lewis is a free agent next year. Um, And I think Evan Brown's only signed a one-year contract with us as well, so I'm pretty sure he's a free agent next year as well. I know he plays centre at the minute, but we signed him as a potential guard, can play guard as well. Uh, And with all due respect to those three, other than Evan Brown at centre, who I would extend, Phil Haynes, Damian Lewis, just don't do it for me. In my opinion, Damian Lewis is way too up and down, and, and Phil Haynes has never quite grasped his opportunities to become a a starter and he has had opportunities you know he's had runs in the in the team um so for me i think when you've got bookends at tackle that you've got with 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 cross and lucas go on go and load up on the interior don't let such a talented offensive tackle pair and go to waste by by neglecting the interior of the offensive line go and put a hell of an offensive line together and we can and we can really protect whether it's gene or whoever in the future um going forward and 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 you know you see it so often the undoing of of, of teams late in the playoffs having poor offensive lines cincinnati is one for for an example far too talented of a team to be wasted on a poor offensive line so um that's that's the one yeah 
Okay, that's that's your highest your 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 big priority then. That's an interesting mm. one, and I think you don't have to look much further than the Browns game to see what a a good interior offensive line can do for your running game. Because whilst we've been very good at stopping the run, they were putting our defensive line where they wanted them and then running it where they wanted to put their runner. So there's there's not just a, a protect Geno point to make there. There's also a get the best out of Charbonnet and possibly Ken situation too there. So um, I can absolutely see why you're saying guard is a high prime. So um, what would be your second highest priority? Uh, probably inside linebacker, um, maybe linebacker in general, okay. but with a, with a specific focus yeah. on the inside. Um, obviously, if Bobby continues to play the way he plays, you'd, you'd, you'd imagine they would offer him an extension. Now, whether Bobby is a very cerebral guy, whether he says, Do you know what, I don't want another year, I'm happy now, I, I, I do a bit of a, you know, I, I get the sense that's what a locket's going to do in the future. You see other players doing it before, um, just saying, you know what, no, I, 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 there is an offer on the table for me there, but I don't need it. I don't need to play another year. I'm happy. I'm injury-free. I'll, I'll go into retirement now healthy. Um, so if that happens, then then obviously it becomes a major need. Jordan Brooks, as well as we well know, might get franchise tagged, but you still that's still only then another year of, of Jordan Brooks. And then you've got to you know, come to a, a contract discussion again. Uh, no real long-term kind of, solid, sort of solidification there. Devin Bush hasn't quite worked yet as a, as a, as a you know, as a three-down starter. He plays in a bit of a rotation, um, so he hasn't quite worked yet. And then behind that, you're looking at guys like Rattigan below, and 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 it's just it's it's not great really. Um, so I think depth-wise, potential losing a veteran like Bobby in the next year or two maybe. Brooks, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with him. You know, touch wood, but you know, an ACL injury is potentially a ticking time bomb. Um, you, you never, you never hope for it, but it's it's that nature of injury. Um, so I think you've just got to. It would be really silly for the Seahawks to not just secure the long term future because, like you say, fans might think, well, we've got Bobby, we've got John Brooks, we're fine, but come draft time next year. Bobby might not be here, Brooks might not be here, and it's all of a sudden, shit, we need a linebacker, we need a couple of linebackers. Um, so I think the linebacker is, is is quite a big need as well. So that's my number two. Good choice. I think that's a smart choice. So position number three out of your top five, what's your next one? Now we're, start, now we're starting to get a little bit sticky um, because there's a, few that, there's a few positions I could go... Um, do you know what? I am going to go with tight end at number three. Not a sexy pick, um, not a sexy position, not a position that the Seahawks particularly value. Um, but like we say, Will Disley. We need, one. We need yeah. one Will Disley contracted through until 2024. So we've got one more year of Will Disley. But then after that, you know, he, he, his contract's up for renewal. No fan is up for renewal in the summer. Um, and then I think Kobe Parkinson's might be up for renewal in the summer as well. I think his rookie contract's coming to a to an end. Yep. Um, you, yeah, you could get him back on the cheap and all that. But like, I mean, it, it's it feels like tight end is is would maybe starting to potentially run a bit dry over the next year or two with, with players leaving. Um, and and yeah, it, it's not a position that we value. But it, in terms of the schemes that we run with these 13 personnels, quite often it, it, it's a key feature of, of Shane Waldron's system running heavy tight end sets. Well, we've got to have tight ends under contract and decent ones under contract to be able to perform that. Um, so I think it might actually be becoming more of an 
a valued position by Seattle so long as Waldron yeah. is the offensive coordinator. It might not be in the past, but we've seen since Waldron's come in, he loves the tight ends coach, former tight end coach himself. He knows the value of a tight end. So I think tight end is 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 going to be my number three. Good. Okay. Yeah. I, so far, all three of these, I think, are are in my top four positions of, of highest need. So, what is your what is your top? What's your fourth pick for position here? Fourth pick. Um, I will go with. Uh, we don't have too many holes thinking about, but in terms of a fourth, I'll, I'll go safety. Um, yep. Quandre Diggs only contracted through 2024, so he's a, a free agent in, in 2025. So you've only got potentially one more year of Diggs, and, and he's already over the 30 barrier. Jamal, forgive me, I don't know how long left on his on on his deal, two. but two more two. years of Jamal. Okay, so so you know, not not massively long into the future. Uh, two years comes around very quickly uh, when you think that um, you know, come next season, Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross will be in the third year of their, of their rookie deals. That that shows you how quick time goes. So two years is nothing in the NFL, especially with someone like Jamal, who we know about his injury history as well. Um, hasn't really proven since he's come to Seattle that he can play a full season. Um, and it, it's a massive part of, of our defence and, and, and it, it's a position that we value. It's a position that historically we we, we, we sort of love and cherish and, and put a lot of weight on on the safety positions. Um, so I think whether it's free safety, strong safety, I think there's, there's a potential need for both, just safety general. Um, Julian Love, again, you know, has, has done okay, um, but... You know, I I feel like you could potentially do better if if a Jamal and Diggs wasn't here. You might need to do better than a Julian Love. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'll go safety. Okay, and your fifth position. Fifth position, uh, quarterback. Okay. Um, again, like I say, I I, I like Gino. I think he he's doing enough. Did enough last season. And is doing just enough so far this season to to sort of warrant him you know playing through his contract at the very least um but beyond that i mean how old gino's about 33 now is he 34 33 something like that isn't he um yeah so he's he's no spring chicken and he has you know it, it in terms of his stats wise you know his passer rating and stuff like that hasn't been as good so far as it was last season now obviously that's because teams have got more tape on him um we've played some good defenses through the through the first eight weeks of the season and lots of different mitigating factors especially with that offensive line being as banged up as it has been um and I just think you always have to have an eye on on the future at the quarterback position. We we know this that all of a sudden things can change. You know we you know we all thought we were we were set for another few years with with Russ, and all of a sudden that that kind of explodes and he wants out. Things can just change. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Gino because I it, I don't think he he's not going to be the one to turn his back on Seattle. I think Seattle will turn its back on Gino. Um, so. You've just got always. You've always just got to have smart. It's, it's what smart franchises do, don't they? Never rest on their laurels. Never rest on on kind of being set at a position. It's always looking ahead to. Okay, we, we might be set right now, but two, three years down the line, we might not be. So, is it time to maybe you know take a flyer? Not 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 a high pick. Because I don't think you need to burn a first round pick on a quarterback this year. Because if you're doing that, then they either need to be playing in their rookie year or sitting minimum for maximum, sorry, for one year. Yeah. Um, so maybe next year, um, in terms of 2025, 
maybe okay. then you, you start looking, but later on flyer on a QB. Well, you lead us in perfectly to the second part of this, and I'm going to ask you to um, to tell me which. I mean, obviously you've you've graded you, you've graded them in terms of importance, hmm. but just because you think a guard is the highest need doesn't necessarily mean you're you're, you're spending a first round pick and paying first round pick rookie money to to a guard. So, hmm. which round would you be picking a guard? First round. <laughs> Absolutely, hundred percent. No, okay. First, no, first round. I was, fine. I was, um, I was, I was a big fan of, of of the idea of taking that Osiris Torrance out of Florida last year, um, and, and I think he's had a really decent start to his rookie season as well. Um, so I, I, I've been kind of on the offensive guard. Let's get a proper guard in for for a season or two now. Um, it's a position that we just don't draft highly. I mean, I cannot remember the last first-round offensive guard we, we took. Um, you could maybe make a case for Jermaine Effedi, but he played tackle as well as guard. Um, and then that didn't work out fucking very well either. Um, beyond that, it's like a James Carpenter who's a tackle. It, it, it's not great. Um, but... Yeah. It, um, I, like I've said, you, you just I do not want to see Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas go to waste behind a lack of investment on on the interior of the offensive line. So go and get a stud offensive guard in the first round, one of the best top two guards available, go and get him. And and our offensive line will will quickly transcend into a top five, top 10 offensive line in, in the NFL. Okay, well, I really like it. Um, Good. I really like it. So I'm going to... I'm going to ask you to do to, to predict your your linebacker next, your interior linebacker. But before we go any further, I just want to let you know that the five the five positions you um, you picked up on, uh, four of them were the same as me. I didn't name safety; I named edge. I thought yeah. with Daryl Taylor in a contract year, it, that that wouldn't be an edge if we renew him. Mm. But if we but if he does go, I, I I think I'd be picking up an edge as well. Mm. Um, so. You, you picked very similar positions to me. I also had guard, and I think I, and I think for me, I'd be spending a third or a fourth. And I know you don't like that, but I'm going I'm going off the fact that it's not a position that we typically pay, and it's not a particular position we're particularly good at either. So potentially there's a bit of correlation there that it makes a bit of sense, but. Um, we have a, a sort of loose structure on what we tend to pay with the Seahawks that allows us to play our style of football. And granted, that's moved a little bit with Clint Hurts, you know, um, takeover on defence. There's been a little bit of a shift with mm. sort of, you know, with the way things are going money-wise. Um, I can't remember a time that we had a situation where we picked up um, two free agent D-linemen or an edge and a D-lineman and then traded for a, a, another, you know, Dray, Draymond Jones, Nwosu, and and Williams um, weren't just investments in this year. They 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 they're looking to tie those three down for three three years or so. And when you do that, you'll end up with, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, it's it. I predict around 140 million between three guys, 130, 140 million between three guys over their contract terms. So that shows a bit of a shift in. So maybe I'm completely wrong by saying we don't pay guards, so I wouldn't pick one in, with my first pick. But yeah. yeah, I'm gonna just just wanted to add in there. I had guard down, and I used a third or a fourth on it. Fair so enough. interior linebacker, where, where where would you be spending there? Third, maybe. Yeah, as as high as you can get. I think linebackers, the the good ones, are often 
sort of early rounds. And I know that might sound a bit of a silly thing to say, but you, you look at certain other positions like a receiver, and I think it's it's easier to find sort of deeper receiver classes, deeper sort of hidden hidden free agent gems and, and late round wide receivers. And I think quite a lot of the top linebackers are early draft picks. Um, you can make a few exceptions here and there. Um, but I think the, 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 one of the rule of thumbs with, with, with a linebacker more so than, than most positions is that, you know, normally there's a pretty noticeable difference between the early round linebackers and the late round linebackers, in my opinion, that have success in, in the NFL. Uh, so it feels like, you know, it'd be a much safer option to go higher with a linebacker yeah. and try and steal one in later in the draft. So, yeah. Well, interestingly, with with interior linebackers, um, they tend to not be... I mean, if they go in the first round, they go late in the first round, typically. I mean, we saw we saw Jack Campbell go this year to Detroit uh, with their second first rounder, I think. Yeah. Is that right? Because they took Gibbs. Gibbs with the first one and shocked people, yeah. I think, and then Campbell. Either, either or, either way. But um, typically, you don't see that. And what tends to happen with the, with the linebackers is because they get sort of pushed down, you end up getting really talented first round type linebackers slightly dropping out of the into out of the first round into the second round yeah and then you get a good deal on a good player over your first four years in the nfl so that third round bit there for linebackers becomes a bit of a value sweet spot mm. um so you'll end up with people like um damas johnson and shmar monden both from georgia um cedric um Cedric Gray, another another linebacker I really like. You'll see them sort of moving into right in the middle of the meet in the draft where we picking we've got a couple of picks. So mm-hmm. I I really think that we might do something there. So um, I has I had interior linebacker in the third round for that reason. I think we both agree on on that being a, a really sensible way to approach um, our roster building in the off season. Yeah. So tight ends the next one that we both have. Um, where are you Where are you looking to spend on a tight end? This would be interesting. I mean, it's day three. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't particularly. Yeah. I, I don't think they'll go any higher than 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 day three on a on a tight end. Um, just just don't value it enough. Like like I'm saying, even though we we do sort of in this in this system. Um, but in the draft wise, I just think they'll be they'll be sort of more caught up on more sort of higher skill positions than a tight end, like a linebacker, like other like you know offensive line positions and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, tight end kind of fifth. Fifth round pick, maybe, okay. maybe see if you can get like like you're kind of saying with those linebackers that it kind of gets congested and you might be able to find a maybe a, a late second, early third round standard tight end in, in in the fifth, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think there's quite a few little gems there that we can pick up that are more blocking type tight ends, and I think that's with like you said earlier with lots of twelve and thirteen personnel this year. I know that's in part due to a banged up offensive line, but they've they've obviously chalked up a lot of plays for those looks. And there's no reason we can't reuse those, you know, going forward. That's the thing. So, we, we don't massively need receiving tight ends. Do we? With the receiving options we've yeah. got from wide receiver, having a receiving tight end isn't a massive... It's more about the blocking. Well, I'll, I'll make this point to you. Um, if we if we lost uh, Will Disley this summer and we took a really, really good blocking tight end in the fifth or sixth round and put it in there... Um, I mean, how many how many actual receptions has Disley had this year? I think it's one catch, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's been injured for the last couple of weeks, hasn't he? I think. Yeah, and like, we're not going to miss his production as a, as a pass catcher at this point no. if we've got if we've got Fant and um, Parkinson. So, um, 
I think that's I think that's a good shout. Late late round tight end and take a guy that that can really block. And that that was similar for me. I I also had fifth on that. Hmm. So safety was your next pick. Um, yes. You looking back end, or are you look you're looking for more of a more of a a sort of ball hawking sort of playmaker, right? To to sort of move yeah. into the void left in the in the up and coming years with uh, with Diggs and, T- and Adams, right? That's that's your thinking. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a. I don't really know where you go with it in terms of. I don't think they need to go too high because, like you say, yes, you've still got a bit of security for another year or two with, with Jamal and Diggs and Julian Love. So it doesn't. It's not a pressing need right right now. So they don't need to to go sort of you know fourth, fifth, not even maybe not even the sixth. Just again another seventh rounder that you've got a lot of tangibles with, like a Jarek Reed. That is that at, at this moment in time, all it needs to be is is a decent backup with it with with multiple traits that when it comes to Jamal's time or Diggs' time, Julian Love's, whenever. Like you say, it's what we think is going to happen with Jarek Reed, isn't it? That maybe in two years' time, that might be a really good safety there that we've been able to mould into a, a, a guy who yeah. can fill in, in in the next couple of years and, and just do that again, see if you can find another one of, of those kind of prospects for me. Yeah, and I think you need to look at the fact that um, Tariq Woolen will get a contract and yep. Witherspoon will get a contract. We've yep. we've got three guys on the defensive line that we're looking to pay. Mm-hmm. We've got Boye Mafe, who's going to need a contract. Um mm-hmm. You know, there's that defense has got some players on it that we would hope will become cornerstones for years in our franchise. Trey Brown and, as well. Trey Brown can't have long left on his rookie rookie deal, can he? Yeah, well, he was the same year as um, Eskridge and yeah. Scythe, so yeah. he's in a contract year as well, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. There are there are guys who have balled out for us on in in their rookie contracts that will need paying. So that that changing of the guard at safety does seem like a way that we we start to realize some funds to to put money back in uh, into those guys so i think safety with a third or fourth um was what i had down i think it sounds like you're thinking the same sort of uh way there and then i had qb as well and i would be using my first rounder on a, on a qb here if the right guy if if the right guy's there and there are two right guys for me, I'm not a Bo Nix guy, but I am a JJ McCarthy and I am a I am a Michael Penix. So, if if where we're picking those those guys are there, I honestly think that is a a sit behind Gino one year and then thank Gino for everything he's done, and and hand over the the mantle to either of those two. That that's where I'm at. I, I'm not banging the drum for Gino to be replaced. I'm just saying that with a really deep quarterback class is a couple of names that I'd be looking at in each round and and saying if that guy's there for that for you know for that pick I think we just do it and I think in the first round there's a couple that really could be the future of our franchise at that position what what mm. do you I know you did and you I only I only went first there and said that because you you kind of ruled out using the first round there but I thought I'll, I'll give my take on that as well because I really do think um, some guys could fall to us there and then be seriously, seriously good. Yeah, um, I just think someone like maybe maybe a Penix could sit for a year and just I think with, with Penix is 
Um, he, he, he does turn over the ball a little bit too often at times, makes a few kind of miss, sort of misinformed throws, trying to be a little bit too trigger happy at times. And I think a year worth of coaching on the sidelines as a, as a backup QB could really help eradicate that from his game. I think if you were to throw him straight into the NFL week one, I think you'd, you'd see him probably causing quite a few turnovers, throwing quite a few picks, and you might run the risk of knocking his confidence a bit. Uh, so I'd say with him, he's probably going to need a year. So maybe, yeah, maybe a Penix. I think a Bone Nix is probably going to want to start straight away way and and I think same with like a Drake May and obviously with a Caleb Williams they're going to want to start straight away as well so I think in terms of those first round guys I think Penix is probably the only one that would probably say you know what yeah I'll, I'll be happy sitting for for you I can understand why you want to sit me for a year um, for me like I say I think give give Gino to the end of his contract at this moment in time for me uh, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm sort of I'm happy with Gino give him to the end of his contract then he'll be what sort of 35 ish in that kind of bracket and then if you want to take a quarterback this year in, in kind of like the late sort of sixth, seventh round, I don't know, maybe like a, a I mean, a Sam Hartman, like go drafted, but yeah, like a Sam Hartman or like a KJ Jefferson or someone like just, just someone who you might sneak in the sixth or seventh round. Because uh, I look at Drew Locke's contract and I'm like, is he going to be, are we really going to keep paying him that much to be able to back up? Not in my opinion. So you get rid of him in the off season, and all of a sudden you need a backup quarterback. It might be Holton Nailers, but you might think, you know what, in the sixth or seventh round, forget Holton Nailers. We can get a much better backup quarterback for a sixth, seventh round pick who may potentially might strike gold with and and and, and might surprise a lot of us. Um, so yeah, that, that that's what I would do, and then I'd go twenty twenty five. I'd go first round quarterback. Interesting with that. There's there's a few in in next year, and there's a few QBs in this in this draft that that may still opt into next year. There's a lot of possibilities there, but the the, the point of this exercise was to kind of just kind of try to try and envisage um, how how our roster might look when we start doing rookie watch next year, and, and what positions we might be tracking. I hope there's a QB in there that that has a, a potential to to take over in in a year or two's time, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, interesting that we picked similar positions and neither of us went defensive line since the acquisition of Leonard Williams. That's very interesting. Okay, so we'll move over to section three, which will be our final final section of Rookie Watch this week. And we're going to look a little bit ahead to the Ravens game. Now, the Ravens have got a very similar stat line so far with their defence uh, and the amount of points they've conceded, the amount of yards they've given up, the strengths and weaknesses are quite similar. Who do you think is going to have, out of our rookies in second years, who do you think is going to play the most key role uh, when we beat them on Sunday? <laughs> I like that, when we beat them on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll package them together, Tariq and, and Spoon, because um, I, I look at these Baltimore receiving options. We, we know all about Mark Andrews, but this uh, Flowers is pretty electric too, um, and he's given me... I'm not going to lie, it's going to be a, a, a few sleepless nights this week thinking about, oh, can, can we can we cope with Zay Flowers? Can, are we going to be able to cope with Zay Flowers? And then Mark Andrews and then Lamar taking off. Um, it, it's an explosive offence. And I think more so 
I mean, you can maybe pass Mark Andrews on to more so can the linebackers cover him, maybe, because he's more kind of you know, in that sort of 15, 20 yards, middle of the field kind of yeah. kind of thing. He's really kind of being hit on, on, on the outside. But say Flowers, certainly. And then you've got OBJ in there as well, who's desperate for some targets. Uh, and I think after his little outburst last week, you always see it. They have an outburst, and then all of a sudden the next week they start getting they start getting more targets to keep them happy. So, I, you know, he's, he's still a great route runner, still a great player. Um, so they've got some excellent receiving options. So for me, these cornerbacks, Devin Witherspoon, after coming off what was a fairly quiet week for Devin Witherspoon standard so far, um, we need him to have another, not that he played bad, just stat line, no interception, no sack, just a couple of tackles. Um, we need him to have another proper Devin Witherspoon game. We need Tariq after his first interception of the season, bit of confidence back, ball back in his hands, making a, making a turnover, making a big play. He's got that big play feeling back. Um, we, we're going to need them next week if we're going to have any chance because I'm not too worried about the running game for the, for the Ravens. Um, other than that, I, I think you're probably going to go maybe offensive line with 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 how good their defense is potentially as well. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I think um, my my shout was going to be um, it was going to be Reek, but. The reason, the reason for that was we, we just saw a game where he was he was more heavily targeted. He, I think he had more targets on him in one game against the Browns than he had in half the back of the, the whole back half of the season um, yeah. last year. There was more targets for him in that, that because he became a no fly zone last year, and that was partly to do with the lack of the lack of belief in the cornerback on the other side because who, who you know who's Mike Jack mm. and Tariq Wood made a little name for himself early on. But Witherspoon's a guy who's made a name for himself very quickly too. And we started to see Reek getting targeted, which was a little bit odd for him, I think, because he'd got used to being a, a no-fly zone. But he put himself in position to really make two two interceptions in that game. And I think we've all seen the, the replay and still, I think some of us still scratching our heads how he didn't catch the, the second one, to be honest, because yeah. it was just, oh. he's made he's made much harder catches for us. Um, than the ones that you know the ones that were presented to him, but I I think in this game we're going to see um, some gunslinging from um, from uh, Lamar Jackson Lamar, yeah. and yeah and they're going to be in the game. Our corners are going to be in the game. Our secondary is going to be in the game, and he very much needs to be on. He needs to be on it, yeah. um, and I think it all comes down to how well we contain because. If if we stop him sort of snapping off the you know um, first downs you know when they're when they're third and third and six third and five using his legs, if we can contain that which we've been bad at this year, we're good with running backs. We're not good with 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 mobile quarterbacks. So no. if we contain that and we force him into the air, it becomes a very key game for our second year corner and our first year corner. Um, but as you've said, Reek, I'm going to go with Charles Cross. Because he was exceptional against the Browns, he was truly, truly exceptional, and he's very quickly become. Um, and I'm, I'm going to use the word cornerstone again, but your left tackle should always be the the vital part of of that offensive line. The centre yeah. and the left tackle are the communicator and the key piece protecting the blind side of your quarterback. Um, Cross is phenomenally consistent and. Um, I feel like edge rushes uh, don't relish that matchup because he's brilliant with his feet. 
uh, he he watches when it, when he gets control of you he watches you all the way through the snap you know even when it looks like he's beaten he readjusts with his foot he's just mm. so good um and their pass rush their pass rush is very noteworthy indeed yep. so um he'll have another game on his hands i think he'll be quite key do you know what it was with as well with cross is is he put to bed my kind of has he got the stamina issue as well? Because if you can go a full game against Miles Garrett and not allow him to get anywhere near Gino, really, you know, with how good Miles Garrett is, because that was the thing, at, you know, in his rookie season, Lucas was just, uh, you know, uh, he was running on absolute sort of gas, uh, limitless gas all game, all rookie season. He never, he never seemed to tire at all. Whereas Cross, you could start, you could start to see him later in games, start to maybe show signs of fatigue. Um, I, like I like said, Lucas is more of that kind of athletic offensive tackle. Charles Cross is is athletic, but he's a bit more of a stockier kind of guy. Whereas Lucas is just, you know, there's there's no kind of, you know, there's no excess weight on him. He's pure muscle, pure pure streamlined offensive tackle. Yeah, he's a brute. Um, he's an he, absolute brute. He's a brute, and and I was kind of thinking, you know, that that's that's might only be Charles Cross's Achilles heel if he's going to have one. Is 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 his kryptonite going to be his stamina? And then to start this season when he's been healthy and then to go back up straight, you know, throw you straight back in after you come off a bit of an injury layoff to go against Miles Garrett and pass that test. It's pretty darn impressive. So he's put to bed any concerns that I had. I'm also, I'm also so pleased for him because um, he wasn't, he wasn't the LT one in that draft. He was LT three. I think he was third. I think yeah, Ikea, Ikea Ikea went off the, and Evan, Evan Neal, wasn't it? Evan Neal, yeah. yeah. They both went off the board. Look at us. Look at us with our with our knowledge. Look at that. Um yeah, it, it's he wasn't LT one, but I think statistically right now, with the amount of snaps he's played, the amount of sacks he's given up, you mm. know, his his win rate in, in pass protection is phenomenal. I honestly, if you were redrafting now, I think he's LT one. Um, every every well, actually, chance, yeah. I've actually got a website that does that, so I will before next rookie watch. I'll have a look and see see where where he is currently um, positioned amongst the tackles. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's still a top ten pick, and I think he'd be LT one. But um, yeah, I'm so impressed with Cross. So next week we'll be back. It'll be uh, either us two, or we'll have Pez with us, and we'll go over um, redrafting next week. For we, we started it with the first three picks we had last year. Next week we're going to go over picks, um, uh, our third round, fourth round, and fifth round picks. I think we had two in the fifth, didn't we? Yeah. So so we'll do all four. We'll do all four of those next week. With, hopefully with Pez as well, which will be a lot of fun because last time it was, and I'm sure we upset Pez with some of the decisions <laughs> we made. Uh, on that occasion so that's to look forward to next week we'll obviously break down what, what, what happened against the Ravens we're obviously quite confident now but um, we'll break down what happened and we'll be looking ahead to a game against the Commanders minus all their best players that they've just wanted to trade away apparently so um, lots to look forward to this week and next week but for now that will be all for Rookie Watch and I'll say go Hawks go Hawks and we'll see you next week thank you very much see you next week <laughs>